and welcome to another episode of The Good Vanilla, a barefoot contested podcast where the chicken stock is homemade, store-bought is just fine, and the vanilla is always good. I am your host, Nick Kachanov, and today we are celebrating summer, uh, more specifically, easy summertime food, with the volume turned up, of course. Uh, how is everyone? How's everyone doing? Are we... I mean, I guess at this point it's Thursday. I'm assuming you all are you know, recovered from the, the 4th of July long weekend. I know not everyone had a long weekend. Some of you might have had to uh, to work, of course. Summer jobs are the worst. And jobs that work on the weekends are the worst. But, you know, we're all, we're all doing the best that we can. Uh, I, I remember, oh my goodness, I... I'm I'm thinking of summer jobs and one of my jobs that I had when I was a young a young lad was working at Kennywood Park, which is a theme park uh outside of Pittsburgh in Pennsylvania. And I loved it. I worked there for like three summers actually, and I just remember like they had a shift that was like ten AM to when the park closed, which sometimes was like eleven o'clock. I remember you got two uh, lunch breaks. I don't know if they were a half hour or an hour. I think they were a half hour each, which is crazy. But um, I just remember I was young enough to say like to just be like, this is fine. I got this. But I also remember like pulling up like in my car in the morning for that shift and it would already be like 80 degrees out. And I was like, how am I going to do this? But I just did. I mean, it sucked. But I mean, everyone who worked there was like high school age or like college age. So they just like you know, kids need summer jobs. And then you got a bonus at the end of the summer if you stayed for the whole summer. Uh, so that was cool. I mean, but you had to stay for the whole summer. I remember some people would just like quit their last week. And I would be like, why are you quitting now? You're so close to the bonus. And the bonus was only like, huh, I feel like it was only like $300. But you know, back then, $300 went a long way. But um, it was fine. Well, speaking of fine, uh, or maybe more than fine, let's get into this episode. So this is Back to Basics, Season 5, Episode 1. And I forgot to write down the name of the title. Let me look that up. Let me look that up real quick. Oh, yes, it's called Summertime Easy, which is a... Uh... An interesting title, but we'll go with it. Okay, so Ina begins in the kitchen. She says, I'm the Barefoot Contessa. It's summer, and the living is easy. There's a fabulous summer lunch, roasted shrimp and feta, for my friend Rory Travato. We're making her incredible salted caramel ice cream from her creamery in Santa Barbara. Then it's dinner with Jeffrey, bursting with sunshine flavor. Summer garden pasta. And it's over to you for Ask Ina. For new recipe ideas to tips and techniques, I'm answering your summertime cooking questions. It's another episode with Ask Ina, two in a row. At least I think it's two in a row. I think last week was our first ever episode with Ask Ina, so I was pleasantly surprised to do another. So let's get into it. It is, we're going to start with roasted shrimp and feta, this light sort of summery lunch dish. It's perfect. I, I love shrimp. Feta is, I do love feta a lot. Um, I feel like one of my beefs with feta is it doesn't, I know that it does melt, but it's not as like ooey and gooey as like other cheeses are. And for good reason too. I think it works like in dishes that it's supposed to, or like meant to be in, it works really well. And I guess I would eat it with this. I mean, I, I would eat every bite of this. I don't know why I'm being so, I'm throwing shades of feta, but um, 
I do like it. So Ina tells us that this is the perfect summer dish. It's light, it's summery, you can make it in advance. What's not to love? Uh, so she tells us a little bit more about Rory Travato, and the way Ina says it is Travato. She owns the Rory's Artisanal Creamery in Santa Barbara, which I was going to look up, actually, but I didn't, so uh, <laughs> there's that. Uh, but back to the shrimp. Uh, she throws in two tablespoons of olive oil and one and a half cups of fennel, um, about at a medium dice, she says, and she kind of just sautés that until the fennel is like translucent almost like an onion sort of deal i guess and then she adds a tablespoon of garlic and then some white wine she says she uses pinot grigio but whatever you have but use pinot grigio is, is basically what she's saying how dare you um so then she says oh yeah and after that she says wine fennel garlic how bad can this be I- <laughs> I'm laughing because every time I do, like, my Ina impressions, I do, like, her shoulders, you know, like, the head turns one way, the head turns the other way, her shoulder leans in, one hand goes up on one sentence, one... (laughs) I should do, like, a live podcast eventually, down the road, uh... But for now, you can just use your imaginations. Uh, Anyway, where was I? Okay, so then she adds a whole can of chopped diced tomatoes. When she said chopped diced tomatoes, are they chopped or are they diced? But I'd say they're like, gosh, there's so many different kinds of tomatoes. There's like crushed tomatoes, stewed tomatoes, diced tomatoes, chopped tomatoes. I think she uses diced tomatoes. Um, And then a little bit of tomato paste and then a teaspoon of oregano. She says she rarely uses uh, fresh oregano. She's using the dried oregano in this case, and then she kind of crushes it in between her hands, which, you know, releases the oils. Fine. Um, Then a splash of Pernod, which is fennel-flavored liqueur, which sounds disgusting, but uh, we'll go with it because the fennel's in there. I, I can't imagine that ever being in a drink. Like, I, I just think that's disgusting. I, ugh, like, licorice flavor is not my jam. It is for some people. I I just, ugh, I don't know. I can't do black licorice anything, really. Um, but I am interested in doing, like, because uh, I know Ina always talks about when she roasts fennel, maybe that's like an anise flavor more than licorice, but she, she doesn't really like it raw. But when you roast it or, like, saute it, it kind of becomes sweet. Um, I, I would definitely try it. Uh, so next she cuts up four slices of like wonder bread really for breadcrumbs she says she keeps it in the freezer just in case Uh, so she throws that into a food processor for a blitz and then she dumps it out into a bowl uh, in order to put some more yum yums in it so she puts into the breadcrumbs goes some fresh chopped uh, parsley one teaspoon of lemon zest which I just I just love she tells us how much she loves her rasp. <laughs> the way that she says rasp, she's like, I love this rasp. Um, then she uses, oh yeah, and then she just throws in two tablespoons of olive oil and that's it. It's a nice, easy peasy sort of breadcrumb topping. Sounds great. Uh, so now she checks in on the sauces, which um, I forgot to tell you, she did put those diced tomatoes into the fennel and just kind of let it do its thing while she was making the breadcrumbs. So there we go. Um, it looks great, so it's time to add the shrimp with the tails on. And I say take those tails off, but I also know that it looks, I don't know, more classy, more ap- appealing with the tails on, but there's nothing worse than like getting a pasta and like, 
you have to like what you should do this is not what i do because i'm <laughs> just like a low class like piece of trash i will take the t- the tail like i will take it and then i'll just like pinch it a little bit instead of just like ripping it off right where like the shrimp ends and the tail begins if you just put your like fingers like your thumb and your index finger like right there and give that like the the tail a squeeze it comes like right out it's beautiful and you still get that like you know it's like a quarter of an inch more of that shrimp but uh every shrimp counts am i right ladies so yeah that's though that's my take on tails uh shrimp tails to be more specific but i know it looks nice it's gonna be fine more on that later Um, so she takes out the feta. She always uses Greek feta, she tells us, but, uh, she says, I always say to cut it, not to crumble it, but then, but in this case, crumble it, which I think makes sense. I I think like much like avocado, sometimes I feel like Ina doesn't necessarily like, uh, she doesn't want guacamole. She wants chunks of avocado. And I think the same sort of rule of thumb applies to the, the feta. She wants, the chunks of feta to be there because when she mixes it anyway it's going to break apart so why crumble it even more and it just gets kind of like filmy you know how feta gets i don't know i'm hating on feta today guys i don't know why i just feel like it's so salty but i do love salt i don't know what i'm doing okay let's move on um by the end of this episode i'll probably love feta because that's that's how i roll uh so she crumbles the feta on top of it on top of the shrimp and then the breadcrumbs on top of that, which is like a lovely little, like, this dish looks great. Like, she puts it in the fridge until Rory arrives. And wouldn't you know it, Rory arrives <laughs> in the next segment. So here we go. Um, so let's talk ice cream here. So Ina says, you know, people always ask me what my favorite comfort food is. And sadly, it's ice cream. Is she, like, putting herself down because of that? Or sadly, it's ice cream because I wish it was something else because ice cream's so bad for you. I'm really trying to think of that. Sadly, it's ice cream. What does she mean by that? I don't know, but like, that's a great comfort food, Ina. I'd say be proud of that. Don't be sad about it. My favorite, my favorite comfort food, uh, I would say would probably be, and unfortunately she's passed away now, but my grandmother's Halushki, my grandma Kachanov, um, Kachanov is a Russian name, but I, I believe my grandmother's maiden name, I think it's, uh, she was, uh, Polish or it's of Polish descent. So, I mean, if you live in Pittsburgh, you're going to have Halushki. It's this like beautiful, simple sort of like peasant noodle dish. All it is, at least the way that my grandma used to make it is like you boil egg noodles, the little like curly Q egg noodles that you get from the store. And you just kind of saute onions and cabbage with like a shit ton of butter and some salts and then you mix it with the noodles and then you you know make you kind of cook that in uh you know to kind of get that all sort of like married together oh it is so good (sighs) i've not tried making it my dad makes it for like easter and um a lot of times during Lent, it's like served at like a lot of fish fries. I'm assuming other people have fish fries all across the country, right? That's not just like a regional thing. But if you go to a Pittsburgh fish fry, you're going to get fish, obviously. Keon always gets the baked fish, and I always roll my eyes at him. I'm like, what do you think? You're better than me or something? <laughs> He's just trying to be healthy, folks. But uh, sometimes just get the fried fish, okay? Okay. 
so there's fish, and then there is typically like a mac and cheese. Like you get to pick a side, maybe two sides if you're lucky. Um, like mac and cheese or coleslaw or Kate, if you're listening, which I know you are. There's uh, at the well, – it's not the Lions Club. What am I trying to think? The Rotary Club? What uh, What is that in the north side? It's like the best fish – fry in pittsburgh in my opinion their their fish is like exemplary it is so good um why am i trying to that it's like a word very i have to look it up let me just look it up real quick here it's the elks lodge did i say elks i don't know but it's the elks lodge i usually go there with kate and keon and her boyfriend aaron and um, I remember one time, Kate, you got stewed tomatoes, and I wasn't sure how I felt about it. I think you liked them, but anyways, and uh, I don't actually. I think Elks had the Elks Lodge has the best fish, but maybe not the best sides, but definitely the best experience because the beer is super cheap. Sometimes they have like a polka band with like men, like <laughs> like the minimum age to be in that polka band is like seventy five years old. It's very sweet, and uh, it's great, but. I don't know if the Elks Lodge, Lodge has uh, Halushki, so I'm going to have to, you know, I'm going to have to investigate that <laughs> next Easter. I'll keep you posted. Um, but Halushki is great. I just, I uh, I think like as far as other comfort foods, mac and cheese is always going to be a winner. And I also love stuffed cabbage. Like I really just love ever- anything with cabbage. Ooh, stuffed cabbage is so good. Anyway, uh, where the heck was I? Okay, so she introduces Rory, and before they make the ice cream, Ina throws the shrimp and the feta in the oven because I feel like it doesn't take long to cook because shrimp takes, like, a minute to cook. <laughs> like, so I feel like that's a nice, quick, easy cooking time is what I'm trying to say. Uh, so Rory is pouring the ice cream. She's pouring out the I- ice cream base, which she pre-made. Uh, it's like she brought her own base, like BYOB, I guess. And so... Uh, of course, Ina asks how the base is made, and then we get a little, like, side segment, like, with some B-roll, and basically, it's, she whisks together four egg yolks, three quarters of a cup of sugar, when the sugar is dissolved, she pours one cup of warm milk, and then pours that onto a saucepan and cooks it for about three to four minutes, then after that, she pours it into a sieve, into a bowl that's, like, sitting on top of an ice bath to stop the cooking, then she stirs in two cups of heavy cream, and when that's cool, she covers it with plastic wrap. Um, that's a process. I mean, I, I, I hope there's a... Uh, I'm assuming she's figured out a way to mass produce that, because that sounds very tedious, but, uh, you know, I'm sure she's figured it out. Uh, so back to real time in the kitchen. It's time to make the caramel, and the way that Lori, what the heck is her name? Rory says it is she's like, it's basically burnt sugar. And Ina says, ooh, it's like when she said burnt sugar, Ina like got scared. She makes like this face. It's it's cute. Um, I, I think she's trying to like liven up this segment because, uh, you know, spoiler, Rory, although she has a little bit of a like a Jennifer Coolidge vibe, she's kind of like a like a West Coast Californian, I mean, that's kind of Jennifer Coolidge anyway. Uh, so there's that. But she's she's not lively is what I'm trying to say. So Ina's trying to, you know, fill in the gaps socially. And, uh, but moving on, they put, um, but basically, I mean, Rory isn't wrong. You put like a quarter cup of sugar or maybe, oh, they put a cup and a quarter of sugar into the saucepan and they don't add water. It's just sugar. 
and she suggests using a fork to mix it, which and every time I hear that, I feel like I've mentioned this before on the podcast. Keon like screams at me. He doesn't scream if he's listening, but he thinks that the world is going to end if I ever use like a fork on like a saute pan or like a saucepan because it's going to like, I don't know. It's probably something from his childhood. Like his parents must have yelled at him. Like, I know it's not great for pans, but I'm not like taking a knife and fork and just like scraping off the Teflon. You know what I mean? But um, I don't know. So there's that. Uh, So Ina is like flabbergasted by this whole caramel experience, but she goes with it and she's pretty amazed when it works out really. And it's like this beautiful, like dark amber color. And she adds the cream and uh, which is like, you know, the part where Ina, (laughs) Ina said something like, this is the part where you have to stand back. And then she did a nervous laugh. Um, and they pour it uh, once the cream is incorporated and it's, and it's done like sort of bubbling and sputtering. Uh, they pour it into like another glass bowl. Uh, and it's like this, it's it, the color of this is so gorgeous. It's like, it, it's just beautiful to look at. I don't know how else to describe it. If I was Nigella Lawson, I would say something really, you know, huh, I'm trying to think of something like really descriptive that she would use, but I just don't have the, vo- the vocabulary today. I don't have the range. Um, so next she adds, uh, two teaspoons of sea salt. I have mixed emotions about salted caramel anything. I feel like much like if something has rose water or maybe, um, I guess like if I'm really going to go, if I'm going to, you know, if I'm going to say that I'm going to eat like a chocolate orange something, the orange has to be subtle. I think there's like a lot of skill and subtlety and really kind of making it balanced and I've had a lot of salted caramel stuff from like you know bakeries where it's just a little bit too much salt like you just need a couple flecks but overall like I love the combo I love the idea of like salt and sweet and um this does sound delicious and I feel like with the sea salt being incorporated into it not sprinkled on top like I feel that's the best way to do it so um so they put the caramel mixture on top of some ice in that same bowl to stop the cooling before they uh, pour in the cream mixture. And Ina says, no one wants caramel scrambled eggs. And then they laugh. Um, so once the caramel is cooled, they add it to the cream mixture and then some Tahitian vanilla. And Ina is, they're comparing, you know, vanillas here. Ina, of course, as we know, always uses Madagascar but Rory uses Tahitian and she says it's a little bit more bitter, um, a little bit more intense of a flavor, I guess. Um, and after they do that, Ina's like, well, now I definitely have to taste it. So she gives Rory a spoon and she gives us her classic line, gentlemen, start your spoons. And then she clinks spoons. It's, uh, you know, take a drink every time she says it. Uh, so she takes us, uh, I almost said a sip, but it kind of is. It's like in a spoon she says, it's so elegant. There's so many layers of sweet and salt. Oh my God, it's just delicious. And Rory just kind of, like, <laughs> she just like laughs and gives Ina like a blank stare. She's like giving her nothing here. She seems like a, a sweet gal. She comes to life in a minute. So just just give Rory a moment to, uh, you know, warm up to the idea of being on television. I'm sure it's nerve wracking. So it's time for the ice cream machine. And the ice cream has to do its thing for about 30 minutes. So while that is churning, Ida and Rory head outside for the shrimp and feta lunch. 
It looks so good. Ugh, and this is where, as I just mentioned, Rory is coming to life a little bit more. Maybe she was a little, we'll say that she was just a little hangry when making the ice cream. She smelled that shrimp. She was like, okay, Ina, I'm done laughing. I need to eat that shrimp because I'm hungry. Because she starts to open up and get be a little bit more relaxed here. Uh, so they have some toasted, I guess it looks like a baguette, some sort of like crusty bread that they can dip into the saucepan or like the skillet, the saute pan, we'll call it, which is what Ina serves it in. Um, very earthy. I think she said something like, it's very earthy, just like us. And Rory just kind of like gives her a side eye. She's like, I don't know what you mean by that. <laughs> so they're nearing the end of their Mediterranean feast. And Ina says, okay, Rory, I can't hold out much longer. Can we have ice cream, please, mom? And it's cute. Um, but it was also, you know, it's, it's who writes this stuff? I don't know. I, I just don't know if it's like Ina coming up with it on the fly. It's, it's funny, but it's just, uh, Rory doesn't, but actually I will say this, Rory laughs hard at this and she says, well, it should be ready by now. And then they just, you know, fade out <laughs> to, into the kitchen. Um, the ice cream looks fabulous. It almost looks like a like a Wendy's Frosty, like that consistency. Ina mentions earlier in the episode, but I didn't write it down, that she prefers her ice cream to be a little soft. And this is, it's like just perfect. It looks like a caramel Frosty, which they should make. I mean, let's tweet Wendy's right now all together and just like say, we demand a salted caramel Frosty because that that's exactly what this looks like. And it's just beautiful. I also am on team soft serve you know what I mean but I will obviously eat any kind of ice cream you put in front of me but I do love when it melts just a little bit when you can start like really getting into it you know when you first get like scoops of ice cream you have to wait at least like a minute for that to kind of you know when you have to kind of like save it when it's kind of dripping down the cone that's when you know you're in business of course it depends on like how hot it is but uh that's that's my preferred ice cream consistency so after ice cream it's cooking for Jeffrey with this summer pasta dish. So Ina says, in the summer when I have a million cherry tomatoes in the yard and so much basil, I love to make summer garden pasta. She does cite that this is a recipe, uh, I guess this recipe comes from her friend Jean Halverstam. I hope that didn't autocorrect. Sometimes it it does, but uh, we'll see. Who had a fabulous cookware store in Nantucket. So, uh, and she's an amazing cook, Ina says. So thanks for the recipe, Jean. Uh, she cooks up some capellini, which is like, I guess, like angel hair, really. Um, and so for the sauce, it's kind of not a sauce at the same time. It's basically four pints of cherry tomatoes cut in half, half a cup of good olive oil, some garlic, 18 basil leaves, very specific, uh, that are julienned, uh, crushed red pepper, just a pinch for some heat, and then salt and pepper. And basically you just mix that together I guess and like cover it in plastic wrap and then leave it to sit at room temp for four hours to macerate together and just you know create this beautiful concoction I would probably just eat it just like that to be honest put some mozzarella cheese in there Ugh, call it a day so she drains the pasta um, but leaves some of the water on the noodles and I know that sounds weird but the way that her colander it's like it was like a colander that didn't have enough holes you know what I mean so sometimes the water it was just like kind of sitting there towards the end so she just kind of 
stopped it when it was like almost drained then just pours it into uh, like a big glass bowl and then just dumps the tomatoes on top and next it is Ina says lots of parmesan but it's an exorbitant amount of parmesan cheese it's a cup and a half which i guess in hindsight she it's like every recipe is always gonna make enough to feed like an army so i guess it's fine but even me i mean i probably still eat it of course but a cup and a half of parmesan cheese that is it's a lot it seems like a lot but yet i would still eat it and not bat an eye so i'll just shut up about it um, but the one thing I hate about these kind of pasta dishes is that the tomatoes like always sink to the bottom, especially with like, I don't know, with any noodle dish, I feel, especially if it's like a cold noodle dish. Um, I don't know if this is served like warm or cold. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But, um, she makes it work. She plates the pasta in two white bowls. She sprinkles yet a little bit more Parmesan cheese on top. <laughs> and then Jeffrey saunters into the kitchen and Ina says, what do I say? Make a dinner and a man shows up. And Jeffrey's like, oh, wow, what you, what you got for me? And Ina hands Jeffrey his bowl. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, oh, wow, this is this will be good for starters. And then Ina laughs. And then Jeffrey asks Ina, how was your day? And she tells him how she made salted caramel ice cream with Lori. And it was really good. And Jeffrey says, really? And his his eyes like bug out like five feet in front of him, like like a cartoon. And then Ina says, "Uh, it's in the freezer. We'll have it for dessert. And Jeffrey says, bye. He like, (laughs) he sets his bowl down. But I also like he was so close to just like throwing that plate of pasta like behind his shoulder onto the cabinets. He was as he always is, very excited about desserts and very excited about ice cream, as we know. Um, Ina laughs and turns her head to the camera and says, wouldn't I know that he'd go for the ice cream first? It's it's like almost out of like a sitcom. That would be like a commercial break, um, which I guess it is because the next section is Ask Ina, but it's just, she like just looks over her shoulder it's like, oh, Jeffrey. And I, I just feel like there needs to be some sort of like rinky-dink music. Like, bow, 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 bow. Um, that's how I picture it. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so now it's time for Ask Ina. Two weeks in a row. Here we go. So Ina, on her laptop, she has like this snazzy sort of plum-colored computer case for her laptop. Maybe to cover up the Apple logo. Who knows? I wonder if the computer's even on. I guess it has to be because she's reading from it. So I don't know. Maybe it's all a ruse. Who knows? Uh, So the first question is from Pam. And Pam asks, are there any types of fruit salads that I can serve when it's really hot out? I want something cold and refreshing. So Ina has just the thing for Pam, of course. It's watermelon arugula salad. So it's a half a pound of watermelon. Um... Oh, no, half a pound of, wasn't half a pound of arugula? What? Arugula weighs like nothing. I don't know why I wrote it down like that. But I guess, just start with arugula. That's what I'm trying to say here. And then two pounds of seedless watermelon. And when I tell you that this watermelon is, it's beyond perfect. It looks like it was photoshopped as it was dumped on the salad. There is not a seed to be seen. It's incredible. I... I've really come a long way with watermelon. I feel like when I started this podcast, I I might have done, you know, I might have thrown some shade at watermelon, but I've had it at a couple picnics this summer and um, 
I regret everything I said. I'm back on watermelon. Amanda, if you're listening, I know you're probably <laughs> gagging as I say that. Amanda hates watermelon. Um, but she hates watermelon flavored things, Amanda. You don't, I don't know if you actually hate watermelon, but if you get a good watermelon, there really isn't, like there's nothing like it, especially if it's just like perfectly, ugh, especially when it's hot out, it's nice. But I don't love like watermelon martinis or, or stuff like that. Like I, I can do without that. But uh, to finish up this watermelon arugula salad, you're like, get to the end of it, Nick. Uh, the, the dressing is lemon juice, olive oil, salt, and pepper. And then she pours it on top, which I find so fascinating, like a savory dressing with watermelon. And speaking of that, have you, I, I know not everyone who listens to this probably has TikTok, but I'm obsessed with it. And there, I think it was like last week or the week before, there was a TikTok mustard trend with watermelon. So what you would do is you would get a slice of watermelon, like a wedge or whatever, however big you want, and then just do like a little squidge of yellow mustard. And it sounds disgusting, but apparently it's good. And I want to try it, but I'm also afraid. So if anyone has done it, send me an email because I, I, I can't even imagine like the the complexity of flavors like clashing with each other. I don't know. It sounds like a recipe for disaster, but everyone who I've seen who has tried it on TikTok has loved it. So there's that. Anyway, back back to this salad. Uh, The last thing you do is shave big shards of Parmesan on top of that. And uh, there's your salad, Pam. So enjoy. Um, Next is this 11-year-old girl named Charlotte who asks a question about the best way to cook corn on the cob on the grill. Is it directly on the grill? Is it wrapped in tinfoil? How do you do it, Ina? And Ina says, you know what, Charlotte? When you sent me that question, I didn't know myself. So I did some experimenting. And what she found is that if you peel back the husk, remove the silk, and then brush it with a little bit of butter, and then replace the husk, and then grill it uh, for about 20 minutes on the grill, turning every five minutes on low heat, she says it'll come out smoky, delicious, and perfect. And the last question is from Lisa, and she asks, what kind of fruit would be best to grill? And Ina says she really likes grilling peaches, but her favorite is pineapple with a little drizzle of honey, which, ugh, that sounds fabulous. That sounds really good. She says, she's like, here's how I do it. So she takes the pineapple and cuts it into like eight to 10 long wedges. And it's like, but like a wedge, not a wedge, but like, um, how would you describe it? It's like a column more than a wedge. Like she cuts all, she sits it on its like rump, you know, a pineapple and then just cuts straight down. She doesn't cut it in half. It's like a, it's like a long wedge. Um, and then she puts a little bit of olive oil on them. And then she takes, she says it takes about six to eight minutes on each side on the grill. She puts the wedges on a platter. And then we cut back to Ina in real time, who was holding a plate or a platter of grilled pineapple. And she says, doesn't this look delicious, Lisa? As if Lisa's there. Um, so that's it. This is what this is what Ina says at the end. This is not me talking. She says, so that's it. Summer, easy cooking. It's a great combination. Have fun. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. To the point with an abrupt exit. And uh, speaking of an abrupt exit, I think it's time for me to pack it up as well. Oh, I did want to let you all know, actually, that we will be having some guests on The Good Vanilla coming up in July and also in August. I have a few in the books that I'm particularly excited about. I think you all will 
be equally as excited as I am. Uh, but that's all I'm going to say. I'm just going to leave you with that. And, um, you know, until then, thank you for listening. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can find it on Instagram and Twitter at goodvanillapod. And you can also send me an email at goodvanillapod at gmail.com. Also, I made a group uh, for The Good Vanilla on Facebook. Very easy to find. Just search The Good Vanilla. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review. Or just tell another Barefoot Contessa fanatic. That works, too. Spread the word. And if you want to know where to get more of me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Kuchanov. And you can find me on my other podcast, The Best Supporting Podcast, every week with Colin Drucker. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Stay safe, and I'll see you next time.